everybody. Welcome to I Like It Spooky Horror Podcast Indie Spotlight Episode 2. I'm Brian. I'm Leah Stalker. I am Clint. And this episode, we, you know, Christmas is, is here. It's right around the corner. So we are all going to talk about some independent artists that we know. And maybe it'll give you guys some shopping ideas. Yeah, if you get money from your grandparents, spend it with these people. Right? Not with the big budget people, not with the big corporations, with these people, because they'll appreciate it and it'll keep them in business. Well, you know, these independent people are literally my whole brand supporting Michigan artists, but I'm very excited for this episode that I got to expand outside of the mitten and get to look at some people that are more, like, not international, but more across America instead of just simply. In my, home do- in my hometown. They could be international. We're international. Somebody in Russia listened to the podcast last week. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, we are global. We're just not a conglomerate because we don't make any money for any of the stuff that we do. But no, Leah, you're right. This episode's really kind of like basically a pure macabre episode, a national pure macabre episode. This is kind of, we followed Leah's playbook and said, let's talk about some of the real true indie artists that grinded out at conventions and pop-up events and, you know, small brick and mortar storefronts. And um, unfortunately, this episode is going to come out like shortly before Christmas. So I don't know if there's going to be time to really pick pick up some of these items for Christmas, but there's always gift cards or what do you know what I do with my kids when I order stuff and it's not going to be here in time. I just take a picture of it and wrap it up. And then when they open it, I go, you're getting what the, what's on the picture. You know, you're going to have a second Christmas here in a couple of weeks. Well, like Brian said, he actually summed it up perfectly being a previous retail gremlin. Our thing was always that January and February, that was second Christmas because everyone's going to have money. Everyone's going to have extra cash burning a hole in their pocket. So if you're looking for a place to spend that Christmas money or even just people to support all year round, this is what you got. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to spend your Christmas gifts from your grandparents. I see. I feel like grandparents get cash a lot. They just, what do I buy a kid that has everything? I'm just going to give them some cash or anybody. I mean, my grandparents are all gone, but it'd be weird if I got money from them. Mine too. They're, they're, mine are all gone. But if anybody else's grandparents wants to give me money, then you know we've got a whole list between the three of us of some really cool places to spend it. Let's start with Brian. What do you got? What's What do you got first up? So my first place I want to spend money, and that's what this is, right? Where I would want to spend money, because if I want to spend money there, then hopefully our listeners would want to spend money there. But there's a local artist. He's from Peoria, Illinois, which is about an hour away. And I can share the poster that's right behind me. It is the only tar man in that size. It's a 24 by 36, but he does amazing artwork. And his name is Jeremiah Lambert. And he travels all over the country to conventions, does a lot of comic book stuff, but he does a lot of horror. And one of my favorite posters is this black and white tar man behind me. And uh, I ordered it. It's the only one in that size, but he just does amazing artwork. I actually ran into him a couple weeks ago at a convention in the Quad Cities where he was set up to sell his artwork. And we've become friends through conventions and just running into each other. And every time I see him, he's always like, I figured you'd be here. That's always fun when you become someone that's recognized at events. And then you're just like, yes, this is this is why I'm poor. <laughs> you know, I, I know at uh, horror conventions, there's a lot of print artists and there's a lot of good ones. And so but Jeremiah, I've seen his stuff, Leah, firsthand in person, you know, in my trips to Illinois. And it is it's amazing stuff. And then, Brian, you actually even got that autograph. I think a lot of his stuff, people go and take to meet celebrities and get autographed. And usually the celebrities are blown away by what they see. Yeah, because I feel like you get a lot of Tarman stuff, but I also have a couple. I have a Linnea that's over on my right hand side. And yeah, I took the Tom, the Freddy from Return of Living Dead that's up here over this way. I'll share a picture on our socials, but then I had Tom Mather sign it at a Halloween of Palooza this last year. Because I was like, what do I have him sign? What? And he loved, Tom loved the colors. If we're talking about independence, Tom's not independent, but he matched all the colors up with the picture and was like, this will look great on it. And it does. It looks amazing. The artwork's amazing. Because you don't get a lot of the other characters from Return of the Living Dead. You get a lot of Tarman, but not everybody else. And so you've got like quite a few prints from Jeremiah, right? Yeah, I have three. And then we have some... Finley has one in her room. Um, My son Jack has a gizmo where he's driving the little car in his room. We have a couple magnets on the refrigerator. What one does your daughter have in her room? 
Sam. Oh, from Trick or Treat. Okay, cute. All right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and it's cool. It's a it's a black and white, but Sam has a bag and the bottom of the bag is red. Like it's soaked in blood. Oh, that's awesome. That's something he does that I like with his black and whites is Tarman's all black and white, but his eyes are blue on the print. So he'll sprinkle a little bit of color and everything. And I bought friends. I mean, our ex-co-host Jason, I bought him a Michael Myers and bought gifts for people from his artwork. I guess we got to buy Leah something here soon from somebody, don't we? Probably. (laughs) Don't worry. I have a list that I'll talk about and you guys can pick (laughs) it something from there. Right. Yeah. Brian, uh, so can people listening get a hold of Jeremiah Lambert like online, like Facebook, Instagram, something like that? Or? Yeah, you can find his artwork on Facebook and Instagram and at JeremiahLambertArt.com. And most people will know his artwork when they see his Mario from Super Mario Brothers because it gets shuffled around the internet like every six months. It'll pop up and somebody will claim that, look, I did this artwork. And he's like, no, you didn't. That's mine. It's been mine for 10 years. But thank you. It's yeah, it's really beautiful. It's so great that other people are claiming they produce my artwork. Imitation is flattery. Copyright infringement is lawsuit. Now I'm on his website looking. I want to buy more stuff. He's got a tank girl. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. <gasps> a ta- okay. No, I'm absolutely checking him out after the podcast. I got to see the tank girl. But well, we can't spend the whole episode looking at his artwork, even though it's amazing. We've got other artists we got to cover. Right, here. You got to focus. You got to zone in, man. Come on. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm the I'm the conductor on this train ride right now. <laughs> Leah, Leah, what do you got on your list? Okay, so first person on my list, it's a company called Love, Pain, and Stitches. They are the original Spooky Pumpkin Purse. It's a mother and son team that have been creating and designing unique bags for the macabre lifestyle for the spooky at heart since 2013. That's their little spiel. I felt like it summed them up really good, but now I'm just going to absolutely fangirl. I've known about these bags for a hot minute. Back in the day, literally, they were just both of them were making these bags by hand they're really good like leather handbags making them by hand and when they would put out these bags it was so impossible to get your hands on them everyone's on the site waiting for it to drop they would be gone instantly they were also kind of expensive so it was definitely for a spooky girl it was an absolute icon piece to have Thankfully, while they're still making the handmade bags now, they do have them manufactured by a large manufacturer. So you can get the handmade bags, but also you can get the bags that are a little bit more mass produced. They do create them. They design them. That's how I was able to get my hands. I have two of them. But the best way to describe it is it's just a cute little oval purse. It's best to wear as like a crossbody, super luxurious interior where you can fit a ton of stuff. The most important part is that when I wear this out to events, I get nothing but compliments. Everyone thinks it's the absolute coolest thing. I have one that looks like a bat and I have one that looks like it's a black pumpkin with black glitter eyes and a mouth. It's for absolutely everyone. Anyone can wear a purse. So maybe as a gift, I'll get you and Brian and Clint, uh, both of you, a purse. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, I I think the man purse has kind of gone out of style, but you know. Never. I can see Brian wearing a really cool fanny pack. He just, he screams fanny pack. So they 100% sell fanny packs. They absolutely sell little pumpkin fanny packs. In addition to selling the purses, they actually also sell, they have apparel, they have mugs, jewelry, they have button-up shirts, Brian. We were just talking about your spooky button-up shirt collection, and they have pinafore dresses. Um, So they actually really encompass everything when it comes to the idea of Just two spooky people putting it down, having a unique idea. There are a lot of people these days who try to replicate, but these purses are pretty distinct um, and you you can pick them out in the wild. It's it's super fun, but this is when we talked about this episode and me getting to hype up someone that's an independent company. First person that came to mind was Love, Pain, and Stitches. They're so good. And they're Michigan-based, I'm guessing? California. Oh, really? They're Yeah, they're California-based. Oh, and that's the other thing, though, too, is that they have a website, Love, Pain, and Stitches. They're on Instagram. They're on TikTok under Love, Pain, and Stitches. They are 
big on the like spooky horror convention scene. So they do travel around the country a lot. They don't really come out to the East Coast as much as I would like, except I think that they might be coming to the Oddities and Curiosities convention in 2024 that's coming to Detroit. I actually just remembered that and now I got excited all over again because I actually get to go and shop them in person. That's a cool point you brought up because, um, you know, traveling the convention circuit with inkmirrors.com, a lot of the con junkies that I know and a lot of the artists I know, we travel far, but when it, usually your East Coast people stay on the East Coast, West Coast to West Coast, just because of the cost of your room and your gas and your travel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there, there are people listening who might not know about this because they only travel a specific con circuit. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. I was shopping. Yeah. <laughs> was Ryan, like... bring it back in. You got to zone in. He's, <laughs> he's going to be fucking broke by the end of this episode, you know? This episode is literally just a combination of pure macabre and this is why I'm poor. That's what it is. It's the love child of these two. Yeah, yeah, it is. So my first one is no going to be no surprise to anybody. We talk about him on the show quite a bit. Good buddy of mine, Ted and Heather, who run Ted's Marvelous Custom Gumball Emporium. So Ted's Michigan-based. Ted still does not ship his machines, and I don't blame him. There's really no cost-effective way to do it. Ted's Michigan-based. Again, if you're hearing this, it's just before Christmas, but you can get a hold of Ted on Facebook and Instagram. He makes amazing things, and you might be able to snag. He just actually posted quite a few on his social media just a couple days ago, so a couple weeks before you're hearing this. Horror stuff, and that, you know that's how I met him was through horror conventions, but he does you know superhero stuff and sports stuff and pop culture stuff and... In fact, I think one of the things he posted was a uh, was a gremlin or a gizmo machine or something like that. He does sci-fi Star Wars stuff. Ted's stuff is so we recently went down him and I and Heather together to Scarefest in Kentucky in October. This is kind of what I was saying to you a second ago, Leah, where certain artists stay in certain areas so people aren't aware of their products. He had never been down to Scarefest before, and he had machines sold before he, we even made it there just from posting it in the Scarefest kind of group, Facebook group chat. And they walked away from that convention. I can't remember how many machines they took, but they only went home with five. Everybody loved it and can't wait for him to come back. So conversation piece, I use mine to save for my vacation fund and get sweet chocolates or gumballs. Or he even makes some that, um, you know, you can put the eggs in there and prizes and toys and stuff like that. Definitely uh, check out Ted. In fact, Brian's given Ted quite a bit of money already. I have another order of five for him for after the holidays. That'll put me at 5, 10, 11, 11 orders I've put in. Oh my gosh. Well, 11 machines, yeah. I'm not lucky enough to own one, but I have. Usually when you see ink mares at a convention, usually right next door, you will find Ted. And so I've gotten to look at the pieces. Amazing. They're absolutely gorgeous. Everything is so thoughtful. And more importantly, Ted is so nice. They're they're really, both of them are really sweet people. So it always makes it a lot easier to give people their money when your money when you're uh, they're nice people. Yeah, it's at the point where I, Ted and I don't like to go to a convention unless we're by each other. I think he sells my stuff better than me. And I think I sell his stuff better than him. But that's a, that's a joke because his stuff sells his stuff better than him. It's just, just amazing stuff. Any chance you're going to talk him into flashback? I think that'll be on his radar. They've been wanting to go to flashback. They were going to go, they wanted to go last year, but they had a, a trip to the Grand Canyon with their motorcycle friends and it just kind of bled into each other. I know that Mike and Mia have reached out to him or something like that, you know, and um, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be there this coming August. I might have to buy another gumball machine. Order number 12 coming up. I'm getting ready to commission one, too, for uh, for the nugget there. You know, the, my announcement about doing stagecoach and, and the nugget. And so I'm going to need at least, I need a three or four, but I got one coming up. I'm going to put an order in. That's something, too. Uh, this is going to be in the future, well after you hear this episode, but not to plug myself, but with my endeavor out there to stagecoach and everything, I'm going to have three gift shops scattered across the complex. And so some of these artists, like Ted, for example, I'm going to do my best to offer a space for them to have a physical store. Storefront. Not that they're going to be like renting a booth or renting space and being there every day, but just so I can get some of their products there showcased, you know, selling consignment or however it's going to work out. But it's just another outlet to check out some of these artists that we're talking about. I'm excited. I'm going to have to get another credit card. 
<laughs> you need another job. That's what you need. Want, want another job? Come on. You keep shopping throughout the rest of this episode, you're going to need something for sure. The credit card. When I die, I'll just leave all the debt to my children. Know what people do nowadays? <laughs> That's a financial plan. It's something. My second place that I'm going to highlight is actually, uh, it's a business. You don't shop there as much as you go watch movies there. And I was just there a couple weeks ago. It's the last picture house. Now, this is an independent theater. It's not your AMC or your Cinemark or whatever you guys have up there. We have AMC and Cinemark down here. It's it's actually the brainchild of Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who wrote A Quiet Place and have done Haunt and 65 and other movies. On our feature episode, I talk about it that'll be coming out, you know, the Sunday after this. They wanted to show and highlight movies that you wouldn't be able to see at Cinemark and at an AMC. And one the movie that started it all was Parasite. Big town, Quad Cities is a relatively big area, and they couldn't find Parasite to watch anywhere, and they had to go an hour to watch it. They're like, we need something here. So that's what they built. And they have amazing cup holders, Clint. <laughs> the amazing cup holders. Wait, wait till you hear the feature episode. You'll know what's going on. You know, how cool is that, though? So, I mean, so we're talking about usually independent artists, and that's usually struggling artists and up-and-comers. These guys are still independent and have that that spirit and that nature about them. But how cool is it to be to a point where you're like, I really want to watch this movie without having to drive an hour away. So, fuck it. I'm going to build a movie theater with some really cool cup holders. I keep getting hung up on the cup holders. <laughs> the theater has a full bar. Okay. Two theaters, balcony and one, a little smaller one. They'll have outdoor seating for movies in the summer. It overlooks a Mississippi River, so you're sitting outside. On the roof, you said, right? Yeah, on a rooftop. Oh, wow. There's a bar upstairs, and you're watching movies. That'll be in the spring. They'll get that done. But you know how if you go, you get like a coffee for your car, and they give you this big cup, and it doesn't fit in any of your cup holders? You ever have that problem? Yes. I got a whiskey, and it's in a rock tumbler which is a pretty good sized glass. I'm like, fuck, where am I going to put this? I don't want to set it on the floor. It's glass. I don't want to put it on the ledge. It's glass. It's not going to fit in my cup holder because it's too big. I walk in, I put the cup holder down and it slid right in there. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's those little wins in life. A good cup holder. Yeah, that's what I said to Clint. They had a premiere of the Iron Claw, the new A24 wrestling movie. It's about the Von Erich family, which is like the most tragic story in the history of wrestling. Everybody died. Everybody died. The whole family. Spoiler alert. Well, it's based on a true story. So like. Okay. But like everybody fucking dies in the movie. So there's nothing to be happy about except for my whiskey fitting in my cup holder. <laughs> like what? <laughs> We were hung up on the cup holders because when he described it in the feature episode, it was just with such passion. And it was just like he was trying to sell you on coming to this theater based on the cup holders. It just hit me in the funnies. And all I could picture was him like just playing with the cup holder, like we just putting the cup in and out in and out. Like, oh, this is so nice. I love the sound it makes when it glides in the cup holder. I can 100% imagine the pose of triumph when that little whiskey rock glass slides <laughs> into it and he's just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh. So I love that. With this theater, is it like, is it a little bit more classic looking? Is it a modern theater? Like, what's the vibe of it? It's very modern and, but with a classic feel. Like, you walk in, it's all glass on the outside. You walk in and there's a full lobby. With tables to sit, a full bar, lots of posters from foreign countries. Almost all the posters are foreign. They had The Sixth Sense and Jaws from Italy and Evil Dead from Spain. And you go down towards the bathrooms and it's Singing in the Rain and Wizard of Oz and The Shining and just different, all these different posters. And they're going to change them out. They're from their personal collections. So you may go in one time and see one poster and then go back and be like, that's different. Which I did. We went there last weekend and uh, the staff's amazing. I walked in to get my membership card because you can buy a membership card for $10 a month. You get one half price ticket a month, discounts on Mondays, discounts on concessions, um, and invites to special events. And the Iron Claw was invite only. So if you weren't a member, you had to be a friend of theirs to get an invite. So it sounds like all the members of the autograph club is what they call it, got an invite to the movie. 
and the movie doesn't come out until December 22nd. So you, we got to see it December 9th. Based off the pictures I saw, yeah, the, the architecture was very modern. But from, from Brian's explanation and some more pictures I saw, when you get inside, it's very much a movie lover's paradise. Um, it's not cold and stuffy. It's it's If you love movies, that's where you want to go for a great experience. Very comfortable seats. Yeah, they're big. The But the... The inside, the roof is, I believe, red, and it's got like all this old, maybe 50s looking lighting that's beautiful. It was an old car part factory that they was filled with raccoons and they had the raccoons move out and they built a movie theater. Okay, justice for the raccoons, but it sounds like it was a good move. I will say that I think that's okay. So obviously we all love going to the movies, but I do feel like it's not quite the event that it used to be, but it sounds like this place is definitely trying to bring that back, especially like having the bars, having the places to sit, like they're making it where it's like, no, you're not just coming here and hop in a squat, watch your movie and leave. Like you're here for the night, for the whole experience. And I love that. I think that's why I like classic theaters. So even if this doesn't have that vintage, I think I'm keep thinking of like, the Orpheum. So even if it doesn't have that old, old vibe to it, it sounds like they have that old school mentality though. And I'm here for it. The old spirit lives in there for sure. Yeah. Well, and I sat at the end of the bar and watched Surf's Up, which is a cartoon, was on one screen and the Born Identity was on the other. And then there was a Turner Classic movie on after Surf's Up. And then the Princess Bride was on after the Born Identity. So there's always movies showing in the lobby, too. So I sat there for a while and just watched The Princess Bride and ate popcorn and had a drink. And I stayed until they closed at one o'clock in the morning. So and the movie was over at 10. So just talking to people and hanging out. So not only can you visit this place or maybe get a gift certificate for someone you love or know or just take someone there. I'm going to see if maybe I can talk to them and we can get an autographed cup holder for Brian. And I did ran into both owners and planted the seed that we need to bring the last drive in there with Joe, Bob and Darcy. So that's what I'm excited about. That's the kind of, and they, they both said, that's the kind of stuff we want to hear. We want to hear what people in the area want. And they, they even said before the movie last week, someone said, we want to see this movie, bring it to the quad cities. And they're like, okay, so they did. So I don't remember the name of the movie, but they are showing that movie this week. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the movie, but God damn it, they're showing it. I was looking at the cup holder. Cup like, holders, yeah. That's why I love supporting independent everything so much is the fact that, you know, when it's like a big theater or big anything, big stores, you you can't give that feedback. They don't care. They don't want to hear what you have to say. But when you have people who are independent or even just have the heart of being independent, they listen. They care. They're doing it as a passion project. They're doing it where they're in it for the love of the game. And so, yes, we want to support them, but also it's that back and forth and you actually feel heard. And that's part of the reason why I love supporting small artists. Walmart doesn't give a shit what I think, but when I talk to local artists and vendors, they care. My attention or me telling them that their product is awesome, they're thankful every single time. So I love that. Yay! No, that was one of the things they said. They said, make sure if you enjoy coming to the last picture house, you put it on Instagram, you put it on Twitter, you put it on Facebook, we will share it. We will help spread the word and we need your help to spread the word. Because they are independent. And that's something that the Orpheum, you said about the Orpheum, they want me back next year to do something again in October. And I'm going to work with the Capitol in Burlington. Our friend Tad Good is big in and hopefully do something this year, early in the year. So that's the kind of stuff that independent people, it allows you to do is to work with them and show your passion and build a community. Well, and let's let's face it, the big conglomerates like you're talking about, Leah, you know, the publicly traded, you know, stores, which I'm not against. Hey, you know, if you make your money, you make your money. But when they need their inspiration and they need to try to tap into their audience, what do they do? They go to the independent scene, whether it's film or movie theaters or artists, and try to find that vibe and that next big feel. Who's next? I don't know. I guess my statement was so <laughs> profound. You guys were like, God damn, how do I follow that up? 
No, because actually what happened is that, so with you saying that, it reminds me of Walmart this past Halloween. They came out with these pajamas that were very big for the spooky girls in the Halloween community. And we all went absolutely rabid for them. And then come to find out the independent small artists who actually made the art, the art was stolen from them. So it was so absolutely terrible. So I briefly, I'm so sorry, I zoned out because I was briefly fuming because it was such a terrible experience that you have these people where they're putting their heart and soul, selling an art, selling a a piece of art, selling a print, that means everything to them. And then the big conglomerates are coming in and they sometimes they just steal it. They want to try to get that vibe or, but sometimes they're not even, and paying for it and it's just annoying and it's another reason to want to support indie people and to make sure that your money is going directly to the artist and best way to do that is just remove the middleman and just go directly to the person that's my rant <laughs> that's so profound i, I can't follow it up <laughs> that's okay I guess you got to follow it up with your next pick. What's going on? That's fine. I will go right into Waxworks Records. Do you guys know the the Waxworks Records? Because it feels like something you- Very well. Okay. So I knew it wasn't like a deep cut or anything like that, but it's definitely something where I was like, for anyone who doesn't know it, I wanted to push it. I do think that they're an independent label, so that's how I'm- squeaking them in here. For me personally, I'm not as hardcore of a vinyl collector as some people might be. My thing is that I want vinyl where it's going to sound really good on vinyl. And that's where like my favorite record is an old timey Halloween sound effects vinyl because it sounds great with those cracks and pops and all that. But more importantly, I like being able to take my records and I put them in the frames on the wall and display them as someone where that's the level of vinyl collecting that I'm at. Waxworks Records is the place to go. They're an indie label, like I said. Um, They specialize in... Clint is holding up his vinyl of, I have that one. That's it. The chilling, thrilling sounds of the haunted house. And I was like, the Disneyland record. I know it's what she's talking about, which isn't from Waxworks, but still. So they release classic cinema, horror, cult, and sci-fi film scores in the highest quality LP packages. So um, I actually was scrolling through this morning just to give a little taste of what they have available. They have seven Rob Zombie's Firefly Trilogy box set, Evil Dead Rise, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Reanimator, which I haven't seen, but I know you guys are really into it. So that one stood out to me. And my personal favorite thing that they have is it's called Rob Zombie Presents. So Rob Zombie and Waxwork Records partnered to release exclusive curated line of classic horror movie soundtracks. Um, So things like Carnival of Souls and Spider Baby. Once again, horror movie noobs. So I don't really know who these are. But the art is really amazing, and I'm sure that the music is just as good. The artwork's amazing. The records are, are beautiful. So, and then that's the thing too is Waxworks. A lot of the soundtracks and stuff they put out, like I have the Spider Baby one, and it's you know Spider Baby had Lon Chaney, and it's just this kind of indie movie from the 60s. So a lot of the stuff that they put out is still has that indie feel. Yeah, look, he's got the white zombie one right there. Brian's got the white zombie one. There you go. <laughs> and so it's it's indie for indie, you know, and it's kind of like uh, what our friends over at TerraVision do with the cassettes. They're not putting out, I don't know, the soundtrack for, I can't think of an example. They're, they're putting out cassettes for Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things and Chopping Mall and My Bloody Valentine. You know, Leah, you remember My Bloody Valentine, right? Yeah, I especially remember the guy in the mask. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a creep. <laughs> the book talk girls will understand it. The, my copy of Spider Baby I got from Motor City Nightmares when we were there for that convention because another, and I consider this an indie artist or more like a, an indie business outlet, but Weirdsville Records in Detroit, which I absolutely love that place. And they had a booth set up there and I wandered over there. And that's the record I wanted. And I had Brian's daughter with me and we went over there. She's like my good luck charm. That's what I wanted. I walked over there within 15 seconds. It was like sitting right up front. Boom, sold. Thank you. And then we lost her kangaroo. I had to hop on Amazon and buy another kangaroo. I couldn't find an indie artist kangaroo stuffed animal maker. I have this one too from Waxwork. Alice, sweet Alice. Look at that. I didn't know they did Alice, sweet Alice. Isn't that pretty? See, that's awesome. Okay, so 
I like them. I think, like I said, my thing is that the albums that they provide are great and the art is fabulous. So it's just that full experience. It's the quality, like the quality of the product rather than, I mean, you can, you can buy tons of them. I tend to do quality over quantity when it comes to my vinyl though. Fun side note, did you know that on TikTok that the Gen Z kids are confused on how records work? They say that they press it and then they upload the music to the vinyl. I think the Gen Z kids are confused about a lot. They say, say, yeah, it just gets uploaded to it. I'm going to go on a real quick old man get off my lawn rant here. Not even a rant, (laughs) but this that just strengthens what Brian and I have been talking about in the past couple episodes about that people need to be stewards for physical media because that's all those kids know. It's it's like it's like the thing where you like watch or if you put like two 12 year olds right now in a room with a rotary phone, they're like, well, how the fuck do I use this thing? They don't and they don't have enough wherewithal to try to figure it out. I feel like if you give me something that's 100 old years old, I'm going to tinker with it and figure it out eventually. They don't. They, they just can't. The thing that I always reference from when we were kids is I felt like we as children, oh man, we're all just going on old man rants, but we as children got a lot of- Get off my lawn. We got a lot of old timey references. Things that were beyond us, but we knew what they were. And how did we do that? It was because of Looney Tunes. How many times would Looney Tunes put in references to opera and um, Mae West, I want to be alone, and things like that that were outside of our time frame, but because they were referenced in Looney Tunes, we had a better understanding of culture and things that were happening around us or before us, and we could figure these things out, but I don't know, bring back Looney Tunes? I don't know. Something needs to happen because I just feel like it's not happening. It's not happening for the Gen Z kids. Sorry, Gen Z, if you're listening to this. Hey, you know, so bringing back Looney Tunes might happen, you know, now I'm getting off on a political tangent, but you know, the the cancel culture world that we've been living in for the past few years now that has kind of become predominant, that I, I see is starting to kind of go to the wayside and get combative. And I'm seeing, you're seeing South Park come out with new episodes where they're just kind of like, fuck you. Or Aqua Teen Hunger Force is coming back soon. I covered that on Spill the Guts a while back. And if you've ever watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force, they're like, fuck you, <laughs> you know? So yeah, maybe we'll get Looney Tunes so these kids can learn how to, I don't know, use something that you don't have to hit a button to turn on and download instructions to. It's weird with the the cancel culture because of the fact that it's not for the better these days. It feels like it's it's part of the hobby. It's part of the fun. Like I'm a Taylor Swift fan. Um, she's dating that Travis Kelsey football player. The Swifties made an event one weekend of going through all of his old tweets, just trying to find something to pin on this man. His tweets were that of a college a college dude. He he wrote about taking a nap and feeding a squirrel. That was <laughs> they couldn't find anything. But it it was an event for all to just try and pin something on this man. So that's what cancel culture is these days. Is it's the event itself of people just wanting to cancel people. I'm just trying to figure out if we're going to be gaining listeners or losing listeners because you just came out as a Swifty on this show. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I. Oh, uh, you know what? I can't even defend myself. Who's next? What's what do you got going on, Clint? What's your next pick? <laughs> Just shuffle that right under the rug. <laughs> I was going to say in my universe, Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey or vice versa. Travis Kelsey is dating Taylor Swift. She did put him on the map. Because one of the things. No, she did not. <laughs> He is just as famous as she is. We're going to lose Brian as a listener if I keep up. Maybe not like in the world. It was funny because I was talking to the girls at work. I was like, there was someone way more famous than Taylor Swift at the last Chiefs game. And they're like, who? I was like, an Olympic gold medalist. Simone Biles is married to one of the guys that plays for the Green Bay Packers and is like at every game. So I'm like, she's to me that she's more important than Taylor Swift. I don't know. Like she won. 18 gold medals or some shit like that for our country. You've, you've teed me up the perfect segue 
to my <laughs> next pick you have because I just mentioned My Bloody Valentine. We're talking about relationships. And my next pick is our friend Thomas Smith, who was the director of Valentine Bluffs, the My Bloody Valentine fan film. Well, Thomas also runs Sick and Twisted Effects. And so it's his own special effects company and which he does stuff for his movies and stuff for some other movies. But he also does um, commissions for masks and gory body parts. He just posted the other day some random horror Christmas tree ornaments and stuff that he's making and selling. So he's got a wide range of products available already from more expensive masks and stuff like that, bigger items for your full all-in horror lover, and then, you know, smaller trinkety stuff for, you know, Swifties who like to decorate their Christmas tree with a scream ornament and stuff like that. That's my brand. You can follow Sick and Twisted Effects. And so he's on Facebook and Instagram. And I think he just kind of takes direct messages for commissions or things that he offers for sale. I remember when we all went to Flashback in, in August, he was there promoting Valentine Bluffs. And he had was making some like Hellraiser masks and stuff. And then there was another vendor there who, there was more to the story, but basically like bought all of his shit. Before. So he was like, oh, now I got to make more to sell to the public because what I did make to sell to the public, this other vendor already bought. Interesting side note about that, Leah, you were talking about Walmart stealing the the horror pajama theme uh, thing. Same thing happened to Thomas is somebody took pictures of his Hellraiser masks that he made for this convention that I'm talking about and were posting them as their own. And I don't know if they got a hold of some, they were trying to resell them or if they kind of copied what he did and made their own, but it's just insane. We all inspire each other, but to just flat out rip each other off is... Nobody's taken anything that I've done. (laughs) (laughs) It just hurts your heart so much when someone's putting all of their creativity into making something and then someone just comes along and takes the two seconds to steal it. And it's like, my thing is, as a creative person, is what what kind of person do you have to be to be okay with that? I would be embarrassed. I would be just sad. I would feel so negative about myself. And for people to just do that and think like, this is fine. This is okay. Like, it's so strange to me. I don't know if they're doing mental gymnastics or if they're really just absolute utter trash with, I I don't know. I don't know what what would bring someone to that. Yeah, morals. Exactly. What is the um, median that he's using to make these items? He works in latex. As far as the masks, he works in latex and silicone. And, you know, I mean, he's a fully equipped special effects shop. As far as like the ornaments and smaller trinkety stuff, it's always something different. He's always like, he doesn't have like a specific item he keeps in stock. He's an indie artist. And so when something hits him, he's like, I'm going to go make this, you know, he made some stuff for some ink mirrors toys that we made in conjunction for Valentine Bluffs. There was like a severed finger and everything. So as far as the ornaments, I don't know if that's what you were asking, but it's a wide range of stuff to fit his wide range of items that he offers. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen something the other day somebody posted and it was something along the lines of there's enough room for everybody just because you're succeeding doesn't mean someone else can't succeed and that you shouldn't tear other people down. There's enough space for everybody to succeed. So you'd have to be an awful person to take someone's artwork, claim it as your own, and then try to resell it for more than you paid for it. I mean, it's one thing to buy something and say, hey, I really like your stuff. I'm going to sell it and tell people to come to you to buy it, or I'm going to sell it. And then when I sell it all, I will need more. So I will get a hold of you to get more of your stuff to sell. That's the way you would do it if you're an upstanding person. Not trying to put myself in the category of being an upstanding person, but I know for me personally, that's part of the whole reason I started Pure Macabre is just because of the fact that I do do art and things like that, but I didn't have the focus enough to create a product and sell it. And so I was like, I'm just going to promote everyone else who does this because it is hard work. It's so hard making a brand from the ground up and getting people to embrace that. So I was like, I'm going to promote it. So when I promote something and I get people who say like, oh, I love this. I'm glad I found it. I'm glad that I get to support this artist. That's great for me. That gives me a lot of excitement. So I don't know. You can get excitement and you can support other people and not have to create your own thing or especially not have to steal it. But yeah, it takes a a special sort of trash to just steal. 
we're going on a lot of rants this time. <laughs> we are. We're kind of we're getting off the rails here, but I'll, I'll take it even further. As I wanted to say that your last episode of Mishmash, you had talked about I forget the name, but it was like the Leather Nor store in Detroit. Nor Leather. Nor Leather. Okay, yeah, I just said it backwards. And so, I mean, I born and raised here in Michigan. Didn't even know that place existed. It has my interest. I want to go check it out. It's so fun. It has been around for a really long time. Um, it had a different owner before, and he's fabulous. He does amazing stuff. But now it's owned by um veteran who is a person of color, and they're making a lot of really big changes. It was always a place where everyone's welcome, but now it's even more so, which is just completely fabulous. Just sitting there in plain sight in Royal Oak. It's so fun. So we should all just go on a field trip to Norleather. I'm not going to say no to that, but I'm not going into the back room with any of you. You guys can go on there. On yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I want to go to Norleather with Brian. <laughs> they let Travis Kelsey fans go there. Everybody's <laughs> anybody can go. Does he have fans? <laughs> have you seen? He's, he's kind of a small name. <laughs> I, he's fine. I don't, I'm not a chief. Fan, I'm just so. gonna Did you, have you <laughs> seen okay. the meme where it's like Taylor Swift has his hand walking in front of him? It says, Oh, Taylor Swift's taking her new album for a walk. How nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care. The best Taylor Swift thing I've ever seen. And I sent it to Leah the second I saw it. Yeah, I came across it and it said, Taylor Swift makes music for girls who give toothy head. <laughs> <laughs> send all of your shitty taylor swift memes to pure macabre at gmail.com uh, <laughs> again i don't know if we just lost listeners or gained listeners but we've pissed off the swifties we've pissed off pissed off gen z we've pissed off travis kelsey fans it's fine <laughs> but we are all welcome at nora leather don't tell anybody when we're going. They'll be outside with signs boycotting. Yeah. <laughs> It'll bring everybody together, though. Just not us. Just the three of us are not in that. Is it my turn again? Yes, it is, Brian. Round three. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Let's go back to the record store. We have some great record stores in the area. You guys have Weirdsville Records. I actually just went and checked out Ragged Records in the Quad Cities. That's actually down the street from the last picture house. And then I have Weird Herald's Records in Burlington. And while we're at the record store, we can grab some waxwork. But if we're lucky, we can grab some TerraVision stuff. Because TerraVision does records too. More importantly, TerraVision does awful shot on video 1980s and 90s movies. <laughs> and that's where I want to go <laughs> with TerraVision. So uh, TerraVision is an independent company. They were a part of they were a partner label for Vinegar Syndrome. And they decided to step away from Vinegar Syndrome and start their own label. So I went back and got in on ground floor. I own everything they've put out so far. The way I understand it, there's only four people that work for them. It may be five or six. So they're very small. They're based in Georgia. They have a shop in Georgia and they have a shop in uh, Chicago. So they do have a couple physical stores, but they're just doing stuff that is way off the beaten path for most horror fans. And that's what I like. I mean, I'm, I signed up for their subscription for the next year. I'll get everything they put out. On the feature episode, I talk about my shipment for this month. Probably, what, what would you say, Clint? WNUF is about as mainstream as they've gotten so far. No, I'd say there's even more. Well, gosh, it just because just because I know it doesn't mean it's mainstream. I think they've done, oh gosh. Yeah, I guess so. It, it, it's right in there in the realm. Because like I say, the children shouldn't play with dead things cassette. And I know there's they did the My Bloody Valentine cassette. They did, I think they did a Choppy Mall cassette. Those might might reach a broader audience than WNUF, but it's all right there together. Yeah, well, as far as movies, WNUF would probably be the most mainstream thing they've done. But yeah, they've, they did a Friday the 13th cassettes. They did a Prom Night 2 on vinyl. They just did Toxic Crusaders on vinyl. So they do a lot of vinyl stuff. Unsolved Mysteries on vinyl. They put out so much that when you said that, I was like trying to go through the catalog in my head of things I saw recently. And it's just, it's almost overwhelming. I couldn't focus on one thing. Yeah, they're, they're always pumping something out. I have settled in on the movies as what I support them as. I'll buy a record every once in a while, but I need the movies because it's a lot of foreign stuff. And it's a lot of stuff that would not be around if eventually they didn't put it out. 
It would get lost. It would go the way of, you know, Discovery Channel on PlayStation. That does make me so sad for the state of digital media. And I do, with all of that news that came out, I did genuinely think of you, Brian, just because you are such a proponent for physical media. And I was like, look at that. Brian's right. I'll write that. Where's my pen? I got to write that down. <laughs> I'm going to tell Tiffany. Somebody said I was right about something. He's going to take that clip and just put it on his phone as a ringtone. This is how disconnected I've been lately from the news is we recorded the the next feature episode before we're talking right now. And Brian brought that up for the news. And I really had no idea what the hell he was talking about. It's even outside of I know we talk horror news a lot, but it that's kind of went everywhere. It just kind of started and it's spread. It's made a lot of national news. It's a big deal. You people on your long-term rentals, someday when I retire, I'm going to have a bunch of movies to watch and the internet will probably crash and you'll be bored. Well, and then we'll be talking about Brian's rental store on the next indie artist, indie outlet you know, edition of this show. Leah, what's next? What do you got? All right. So for the next one, I have something called Garbage Humans. <laughs> Their tagline is shitty merch for garbage people. Created by your second favorite queer artist. That alone is the sell. <laughs> That's a great sell. It makes me think of that like restaurant you go to in Chicago, I think it is, where you pay them to treat you like shit. Yes, except I will say that the person who owns this company, they are very, very nice. Pretty much what it is, is that on TikTok, they were creating mirrors that looked like knives Pretty big ones too, maybe like a, I don't know how big that is, uh, maybe like a foot or something like that long, maybe a little bit bigger, but there are wall mirrors, but they look like knives. They have, they're made out of acrylic, so they'll have the matte black handle and then the blade itself is reflect. That blew up on TikTok. Um, everyone went absolutely crazy for them. And so they were creating a lot of those, but then it kind of gave them that boost that they needed where they could create other things. So they have like really cool wall art pieces also made in acrylic everything's acrylic saying things like home sweet homo live laugh leave sad girls club stuff like that just <laughs> um it's definitely my vibe and also a big part of their store is creating earrings they have spooky earrings because of course we always got to bring it back for the spooky girls they even have um like a pair of earrings where you know on a video game machine where it's that little pink thing where it says like insert a quarter oh i've seen those i think i know who you're talking about that's garbage humans so she can be found on tiktok instagram she's got her own website the person who makes the items themselves she puts herself on tiktok she just seems like a really cool down-to-earth person not in a weird like parasocial relationship sort of way but it's nice knowing that the person who's that you're purchasing from is also just kind of a cool person love them fully support them and that is my next pick is Garbage Humans. Brian, do you have anything to add to that? No, I don't wear earrings. I should, maybe. Yeah, I could. Get something, hang it from my beard. Oh, we'll bring back, <laughs> you know, when, when, when the guys would wear like the one in the one ear, we'll bring that back. I was like thinking like how Captain Lou would like have a rubber band. I could like get that, bring him back. You think? You're kind of Captain Lou-ish. Yeah. I don't understand that reference. <laughs> She's like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Did you ever see Goonies? Oh, like once. I didn't see it as a kid, so I feel like I missed the magic of it. I feel like Goonies is something that you have to see as a kid to appreciate it, and I never saw wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold up. Where, how the fuck did you go? Maybe I'm missing something. How did you go from Captain Lou Albano to the Goonies? What am I, what am I missing? I'm trying to tie is in. Is he in the Goonies or no? No, but. Oh, that's why I'm. No, but remember, he ran around with Cindy Lauper for a while, and he was in a lot of her music videos. So if you liked Goonies and you liked Cindy Lauper, you watch the Goonies video, and he's in it. He's the kind of chubby guy with the big beard that's got like. Oh, and he played her dad in a. Girls just want to have fun, yeah. This reminds me of the TikTok where it's like, I don't know what HD is, but I got 80 of those motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> she doesn't know who he is. She doesn't look him up and she's like, that's Brian's uncle. Look at him. Yeah, 
thought process though was mince. That was amazing. <laughs> I I was trying to connect the dots. That was a tough one. Whew. Eight degrees of HD separation. <laughs> we saw the inner workings and it was dark. <laughs> You guys don't wear earrings. It's completely fine. Like I said, they do have some amazing wall art. That's my pick personally. I Even I kind of struggle because I have gauged ears, so I can't always wear her earrings. But she's a fabulous artist for anyone who wants really unique pieces. Unique earrings are kind of a lesbo thing. So that's, you know, that's the audience I'm aiming for right now. So garbage humans, check them out. I used to have a ton of piercings long, long time ago. What'd you have pierced? Oh gosh, I had my ears pierced up, up and down. I had my tongue pierced, and my belly button pierced, which is kind of weird for a guy, but I did. Um, I never went beyond that. Did though. you really? <laughs> what, did it have like the little dangling butterfly on it and your belly button? <laughs> on special occasions, yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're giving me a hard time about that Disney on Ice picture with my crown. You're like, I'm never going to forget this picture. Now I have... A- a picture of you with a belly button ear piercing with a like butterfly on it. With dangly butterflies. Just as the briefest sidestep, I almost got into a fight with someone at Disney when I went to Disney World just recently. It's the happiest place on earth. There are no brief <laughs> sidesteps on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to get the Disney ears embroidered with my name. So I said, please put Stalker 2023. And this older lady was like, she can't get that. That's not her name. No. And she like rolled her eyes at me, which was not a magical experience. So I had to pull out my ID and I was like giving it to the girl who was nice. And I was like, here's my ID. It's my name. And she was like, okay, that's fine. And then I just like step aside. And I was like, does she want to see it though? Does the lady back there want to look at my ID? So that's how I almost got into a fight at Disney. Who gives a fuck if that was your real name or not anyway, especially with Disney, like fully embracing it, you know, the whole inclusive thing. You could walk up and say your name is whatever. What the fuck does it matter? Why is anybody questioning you? Once again, stay away from the conglomerate. Stay indie. Stay local. Stay indie. Stay local. Garbage humans would never question the fact that my last name is Stalker. I can tell you that much. I questioned it when I first met you because I was just trying to figure out if if it really was. Because like, that's so fucking cool. Is your name really Stalker? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. It's just made to be a creep. (laughs) It's weird with Disney like embracing the whole everything they do not embrace independent theaters it's weird they like are all about huge corporate theaters and they make it really hard on independent theaters to get their movies because disney owns fox searchlight disney owns everything so they're not as welcoming as nice as they put out to be which is funny I mean, it's just the things you hear when you go certain places and you're like, oh, I thought Disney was all about including everybody, but they only want to include everybody if it's helpful for their pocket. They want to give the illusion of embracing everyone. That's all that is. I've been waiting for a segue into my last pick. This is probably the best one. We're going to talk about penises. No. (laughs) All right. So can I check out for the rest of the episode? (laughs) We're not going to talk exclusively about penises. We're going to talk about our friends. Uh, Leah, you've seen these people, the the Michigan-based company. We see them at the conventions a lot. We're going to talk about my friends over at Very Fine Crap Videos. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So Very Fine Crap. Disturbing. They offer a lot of silicone pieces and they're all like really gory, like face lamp shades and eyeballs and severed body limbs and just a lot of really cool stuff. They're great people, but they also have severed penises. And it's funny because I found out much like our last and first episode of Indie Spotlight here, where we find out found out that Brian told us that the penis in the Darius title sequence, the eye in Darius was the director's penis. Well, come to find out the penises that they sell, Very Fine Crab Videos, are the dude's penis. They're molded off of his penis. So you can get some real, true, authentic severed silicone replica penis props. Wow, say that 10 times real fast. No, but so Very Fine Crab Videos, seriously, they got a lot of cool stuff. Everybody's just looking at me like, okay. But no, they've got a lot of really cool, gory stuff for you or that person in your life who wants something different, you know, like the cool face lampshade and stuff like that. So the funny thing is that one of the last events that I went to this year or it was towards the end was 
Hearstfest. Uh, you and I had both ended up at Hearstfest. Actually, they were there. And more importantly, is that all of the booths that were around them kept telling me and directing me to the booth. They're like, yeah, our stuff is cool. But also, if you go down a couple steps like to that booth, they have uh, lamps with faces and severed wieners. So it is one of those things where it's completely jaw dropping. It's um, really weird to see, but everyone can't stop talking about it. Everyone eats up those dicks. I remember the first time I encountered them, my ex, Melissa, her and I were at Motor City Legacy vending for the first time and very fine crap videos right across from us. And she, I, I can't remember, she pointed them out, but anyway, we just, we discovered the penises and we're just kind of watching from across our booth. And we were joking like we should get those as gifts for our daughters just to, just to embarrass the shit out of them. We never did. We should have. So I just really love how the, this is turning into indie dick spotlight. Once again, we <laughs> <laughs> if you want to eat a bag of dicks you can find very fine crap videos on facebook and uh they have like the shop now button so you can get to their store and see what they offer besides dicks makes me think of clerks 37 dicks i was number 37 isn't it like don't suck any dicks on the way out to the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I will say, even though it's not entirely my cup of tea with it being very gory and penises, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, <laughs> there's so many factors. I will say the the work is amazing. It's absolutely like you have to see it up close. You have to be. <laughs> um you have to see it for yourself they actually do amazing work for it it was really disturbing when i did eventually make my way to their booth at uh hearse fest to check it out so that's a great one gross thank you And if you want to check them out at conventions, they did a lot of, they're from Michigan. They did a lot of Michigan shows last year. And I think the plan this year is they they started going farther out, going to different states and hitting different venues and stuff. But again, you can shop now on their Facebook. Very fine crap videos. It seems like that's the trend for 2024 is that a lot of artists and vendors are just really trying to step outside, like how we keep saying you're either West Coast, you're East Coast, but it does feel like a lot of artists are trying to travel a little bit farther. And I'm absolutely obsessed with that. I'm so excited for the 2024 season if that's going to be the case. I think you have to, from a vendor standpoint, how many shows in Michigan can you see inkmirrors.com for how many years in a row before you're like, well, there's that guy. You know, even if, even if I come up with new stuff, it's still, okay, well, I, I've shot from him before. So yeah, I think it's important to get out and then stay fresh because then when you come back into your normal comfort zone area, hey, where you been? And oh, you got some new stuff. I was really surprised that wasn't a trend more during COVID that more vendors didn't like, let's go online. Get a Facebook or something or else going. It'll be interesting to see how this convention year goes. Yeah, I'm curious too, because I've been hearing people are spending less and less money. So, and a lot of that goes in with what we talked about, about autograph prices and fuel prices and uh, event ticket prices. And hey, can I can I do like one honorable mention? That, that's what sucks about when we decided to do this for this episode to cover indie artists and people we know. It's so hard because there are so many more people. We could fill a five hour show. I think we're just talking about all the people we love and want to support or friends of ours. And there's a lot of people I didn't mention. And I'm, I'm sorry, but it's not trying to choose anybody over anybody else. But I want to throw an honorable mention, just a quick shout out to Keith Mazur. Brian, I know you met Keith. You met him at Legacy. Him and Jason McCain, good friends. Leah, I'm not for sure if you've seen or met Keith. Keith Mazur, he doesn't necessarily have a, a business name I, that I know of, but you can look him up on Facebook. Keith, and his last name is spelled M-A-Z-U-R. I don't know if he has an online shop, but if you see some of his pictures and you're interested, maybe you can send him a message. He makes these really cool resin wall clocks, and it's all horror movie themed. And they're just amazing pieces. I wanted to pick a couple up and I just never got around to it. So I'm actually going to be reaching out to get something for out to stagecoach of his. Brian, you, you did Jason get one of his? Jason got something from him, didn't he? Uh, I don't think any of us picked anything up. Think by the time we got to the third day, everything that we were like, oh, that's amazing. Had sold. Was gone. Like everything was gone. I'm sorry you missed out, but I also love hearing when someone's booth sells out. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. 
remember I he had business cards, but I don't I didn't grab one. The name doesn't sound familiar to me, but it's definitely someone I'm going to check out afterwards. But I think that what this proves is that this is probably something that we're going to have to do again in the future. There are so many independent people. The economy is really, really hard right now. And so these people absolutely need this boost. And more importantly, I love talking about independent people. I love talking about people who they had a passion, they had a wild hair up their ass, and they just made it happen. It's something I completely respect. Like I said, I didn't have the drive or focus or whatever the hell that I couldn't sit there and make my own business. So I just support others. So this is absolutely something I love doing. I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it so much. So yes, we absolutely, in my opinion, should do another episode like this in the future. No, I agree. And then on top of that, the cherry on the cake is, or icing on the top or whatever, I'm saying it backwards. Cherry on the top, icing on the cake. There we go. (laughs) I need new writers. Who the fuck writes my scripts? Jesus Christ. The cherry in the top. You're fired. Yeah, that'll work too. Um, I thought cherry, talking about penises, my mind just wandered, you know, but anyway. um, I hate it. Thank you. (laughs) Is all the people that we've all talked about. I'll dare say for you guys, I know the ones that I chose. And again, there's many more. They're all really great people. Take the artistry out of it. They're just cool people. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I brought up Keith and I, I mean, Keith and I have interacted two or three times and I'll be at other conventions and send him a message because he's just a cool dude and I give a shit. So not only are you supporting indie artists, you're supporting, you know, people with passion. You're just supporting cool people, down to earth people. Very important stuff. You know what else is hard? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, you guys said picking three companies to highlight was hard. Or independent yeah. artist. You thought he was going to make a penis joke, didn't you? I thought a penis joke was coming. I instantly cringed. I'm so sorry. Well, he's not done yet. Let's see what happens. All right. So what's hard? <laughs> Calm down. Picking three independent artists was hard. The economy's hard. It's hard to write scripts for Clint. And it's hard to segue into our podcast network when we've been talking about penises all show. So we should just segue into our podcast network. You should see how hard it is for Brian to read from a script. Yeah, I did make a penis joke, I think. I don't know. (laughs) He's like, I forgot what I said. (laughs) You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. So now that we've heard from our podcast network, we're all done. That was the hardest episode to wrap up. It was. We could just go on for hours about this stuff. It led to a lot of side discussions, too. I don't know. It's just they're people I'm passionate about. So I think it just gets me excited and wants me to gets me to ramble. But I'm like replaying. I'm kind of summarizing the, the rabbit holes we went down and like old men, Disney, dicks. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Swifties. <laughs> what a fucked up. Wow. So, uh, you know, in top of us, on top of us, in top of us, on top of us trying to highlight some people we think you should go check out. Secretly, what we're doing is giving you our Christmas shopping list. You know, if you enjoy what you hear and you have a giving spirit, then buy us some stuff from these people and send it to us. We're already poor. We could use all the help we can get. You have no idea. <laughs> And don't forget to like and subscribe to the I Like It Spooky Horror Podcast. That's free. Wherever your podcast. Yeah, that's free. That's really the gift that keeps on giving. I would take that. We're going to get Spill the Guts going again. We're going to get more appendages. That's free too. Your crack on Redbox free movies. You're going to get some more mishmash with Leah Stalker and her hat from Disney that has her name embroidered on it. What else do we get? Indie Spotlight. We get that every month too. And feature length episodes and TikTok, Twitter, and I don't even know where else I go anymore. So don't forget, in addition, I have to say this because Leah's here. If she wasn't, I probably wouldn't say it. But I mean, I guess you got to go check out Pure Macabre and see what the fuck she's talking about. 
<laughs> just remember that liking Pure Macabre, liking the people that I promote damn near daily, that's free. Going and following them on Instagram, giving them a like, giving them some comments. Those are things that are all free. You can always support independent artists without having to spend any money. Is it extra fun when you get to buy things and spend money? Yes, absolutely. Do we always have the money to support people? No. But liking someone on TikTok, liking someone on Instagram, not talking about us, but all of the people that we've promoted today, going and just giving them the likes and the views and comments and interaction, that's a huge gift that these small artists will definitely appreciate. Could not have said it better myself. I need your scriptwriter. It's my brain and it's kind of broken, so you probably don't want it. <laughs> it's fucking spooky in there. <laughs> One last thing that's free is if you are or know of someone you want to support, whether they're, again, this is Indie Spotlight. So we're talking up and comers, underground, indie artists. If you're a filmmaker, a comic book artist, a musician, an author, an artist who creates things, shoot us a message at ilikeaspookypod at gmail.com. We will do our best to highlight you or the people you're interested in on upcoming episodes. This subcast comes out once a month, third Tuesday of each month. So that's free too, to shoot us an email. Or you can shoot us an email and be like, what was the link for the guy with the dicks? Or <laughs> you guys sound like a bag of dicks when you quit talking. Anything to do with dicks, well, we'll accept that too and we'll read it. And that's free. It's all free. Email's free. I won't accept the emails on dicks, but please send your shitty Taylor Swift memes to <laughs> puremacab at gmail.com. And take care. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Bye. But <laughs> I don't. Hey, what's wrong with you, man? Show some fucking respect for the dead, will you?